Welcome back. Hello. Come in. Come in. And welcome to the second episode of That Time. I started a podcast to read trash manga with my friends. And actually, most of them were trash, but some of them weren't. AKA, is it wrong to pick up trash manga in a dungeon? AKA, the Trash Manga Friends podcast. Again, thanks for coming back. Great to see you again. This is our uh, second episode. Uh, I'll, if you didn't tune for the first one, I'll explain the premise in a moment. But first, let me introduce who's here today. I am your host and the first victim, Sean. And joining me, we have my fellow masochist in arms, Mike. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> and the uh, torture master himself, Phil. Hello. I suppose if we are both masochists, we'd actually be quite happy with Phil being here, wouldn't we? Uh, okay. Yeah, it's, oh, it's a good time. You're saying there's times you aren't happy when I'm here? Uh, sure. <laughs> oh. So how, how have you both been since the last recording? I've been pretty good. Um, trapped indoors, but then again, that's not really different to both anyone else and my life before this. Uh, yeah, as we're recording this, the uh, the COVID nineteen pandemic is uh, still going on, so we're still very much locked away indoors. Three like I said, I, it does doesn't <laughs> actually least. change anything about my life. I've been practicing this for years. Without I was gonna say, like, I'm surprised you're not on like the like on who's. I was about to say who's committee, but who is the committee? I'm surprised you're not part of who. There we go. <laughs> you mean like the band or the World Health Organization? Because as far as you know, I could be in both. Yeah. I mean, you're old enough. Can you? Wow. Okay. <laughs> oh, shots fired. <laughs> But yes, uh, so if you haven't uh, tuned in before, the premise of this show is that every episode, Phil gives me and Mike a lovely trash manga to read that he's been reading for a long time. Uh, me and Mike will read about two volumes worth, so uh, usually 10 to 15 chapters, depending on uh, how long the manga is. And then we have not discussed this beforehand, so I don't know what Mike thinks of it, he doesn't know what I think of it, and so on and so forth. So now we're going to spend the next half an hour to an hour ripping it asunder. Or maybe liking it. Who knows? I mean, it would be against what the whole name of the podcast is. But hey, maybe maybe Phil threw us a bone for the second episode. Maybe it was it was something good. I mean, I thought I was throwing you a bone with the first episode. But, I mean, yeah, if you, go, uh, go if you listen missed... to that if you've not. Yeah, uh, it was an explosion of vitriol. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like we permanently damaged Mike within one episode. It's not that hard, to be honest. I'm a delicate flower. <laughs> yes. So let's go into uh, what this week's series is. So this week we are covering Koko wa Ima Kara Rinri Dezu, which roughly translates to From Now On We Begin Ethics. That's an unofficial title because it's not been licensed in English. It's a sign-in manga. So I will just warn you before we go into the episode that there are some very kind of mature, mature and difficult themes in this, including rape, suicide, abuse, and several others. Uh, drug use is in there as well. So if you're not comfortable with that, uh, don't I recommend you don't read it. And if you're not comfortable like with hearing people talk about that, you probably want to skip this week's episode and uh, come back next time because it's something a lot more lighthearted next time because I know what's coming. Yeah, um, it's while it's important to mention that, it's also, while this manga does contain those things, it's not really about those as such. Yeah. Uh, it's more about yeah. how those things have affected the characters. And yes. This so is you, a very... you won't be living 
Well, I suppose for the one theme you will be, but like, it's not like you're living through the trauma, as it were. You're more just yeah. seeing the after, the consequences. Yeah, for the most part, yeah. Yeah, there is one one notable exception for that in the first couple of chapters, which will. And I think the other thing as well is, obviously, while there are those instants in there, you do have quite a lot of chapters, even just on the ones we've read, where those aren't present. They're just sort of, I'm not yes. going to say everyday things, but. Yeah, not, it not uh, quite as drastic, shall we it, say? It opens strongly, and then I'm not going to say calms down. That's not the right term for it. But then it kind of shifts focus to some things yeah, that yeah. are less traumatic, shall we say? So, with that said, uh, Phil, do you want to give us a basic outline of this one? Uh, sure, I can lead us in. Why not? Right. So, uh, the manga follows uh, the ethics teacher Takianagi, and. Uh, his class of students who uh, are a mix of want to be there and sort of forced to be there by the school due to just numbers and class assignments, apparently. Yeah, if you ever had, like, one of those, I know I did in secondary school lists, where it's like, here are five columns, you have to pick a class from each, and there's always one column where it's like, Hmm. I don't want to do any of these, really. Well, I I think with this, they they sort of went like, oh, it's you have to pick between, like, PE and ethics, and I was like, oh, I want to go do PE, and they were like, no, too many of you have done PE, was dumping, like, these people into ethics, apparently. Which I I thought was weird, because I'm like, yeah, I mean, granted, I am as tall as I am wide, but I'd be like, yeah, ethics is pretty cool, pretty interesting. (laughs) That's that's the thing. Obviously, you do find out there are some people who intentionally picked ethics for one reason or another, Uh, so some of them took it because they heard it was actually a pretty easy class to get a passing mark in. Yep. Um, but then there's, there's, there's others where it's like, oh, no, uh, I want to do PE, but I got shoved in here kind of thing. There's a wide variety of reasons and characterizations for why everyone is here and how they interact with everything. I think the thing that makes this one so interesting to me, and I do find it interesting, it's because it's not necessarily, it's not really about the topic at hand, really, as such. It's not really about any one thing it's more about a list of conversations with the student and students and the teacher and how each individual student is impacted by the somewhat dark and dour presence of and pragmatic presence of this teacher it's it's interesting and it goes in some dark stuff and basically what the damage is on every single individual character I think, uh, for at least the part we read, every single chapter seems to uh, take one student's perspective. They slightly overlap with each other as well, so this has all clearly happened within the space of a short period of time. And uh, so from that point, you you realize uh, that this teacher has apparently got nothing better to do than just follow his students around all day, but I'll get to that later. Um it's just very, very interesting about how this teacher chooses to, or the character of this teacher, chooses to interact with his class. Ethics is at the core of everything he does, and that is sometimes more blatant in some areas than it is others, including uh, in the first couple of issues, where uh, the teacher seems to essentially walk in on a sexual assault in progress. And we do find out later that this is 
that he walks in because another student warns him of it and sees it happening, which again is tied back into the idea of ethics. Should you see something or if you see something, should you stop it going on? Which is again, quite interesting. But it's very, very strange to see this character, how he acts in these situations. He's very, he's, he's a very uh, stereotype of a of an anime character of the the dark pragmatic sullen character like you see the two that spring immediately to mind are uh Byakia from bleach and uh levi from attack on titan is that very sort of dark attitude uh one thing i would say about that is you you did sort of mention about how ethics is at his core in some ways yes. um is that there is a chapter a, a little later on Mm-hmm. Uh, where specifically you do, he does sort of break that pragmatic thing because obviously there's a situ- situation that comes up where he's sort of forced to choose between sticking to his ethics or breaking them mm-hmm. for the sake of his student. Yeah, and you, uh, we'll, we'll get to it in a bit, but obviously that sort of breaks his character a little bit, and you you see how that's affecting him and whatnot. Yeah, very much so. It's just a very interesting um, concept. Uh, I don't like slice of life manga. Um, I'm probably going to say that a million times on this show, but uh, yeah, I generally don't like them. But this is very plainly in slice of life. It just it's an interesting take on it. It's more about how this one teacher's mind works when confronted with a a panoply of issues that teenagers face and it's just very very i haven't said the word interesting a lot here but it is and i i am actually enjoying what we've read thus far well something i would say as well is part of the reason i actually picked this one is because of your chosen undergraduate degree mike that is true uh Uh, i am not yeah, I, I am not a philosoph- an ex-philosophy student or an ethics student. I was, however, a psychology student. Um, and I chose that field not necessarily because I wanted to go into a career in it, but because I found it interesting the way people deal with certain situations and how their mind works and reacts when faced with the same information, how people individually differ from each other. And this... This manga nails that to a T. Uh, I do think a lot of the characters that we meet along the way are a bit too exaggerated, but it, and it does seem a little bit like it's trying to move down a checklist. But it does seem to it does seem to put a lot of thought into how these things work. Uh, same uh, as yeah, go. On. I was what I was going to say because you were just saying there you feel like it's going down a checklist. Mm-hmm. Uh, just from what I've sort of read about why the author started this manga, mm-hmm. you can't. I kind of get the impression they came up with the characters secondary to the story they wanted to tell. Right. So they kind of went, oh, I want to do a chapter about this interesting topic in ethics, so I need someone that will have this sort of situation going on, so then writes the character around that, maybe. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think that's sort of why you're seeing that sort of checklist kind of effect, maybe to an extent. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> something I've just thought of now. It's kind of like a a weird uh, fight of the week kind of scenario, 
but with uh, some sort of mental or uh, philosoph- philosophical issue going on here. Yeah, uh, there's, it's always kind of a different mental or social issue. Because I know one of the big things about is this is very episodic mm-hmm. for a manga, which is yeah quite rare. Like each chapter is pretty self-contained. And while there is a little overlap, like you mentioned, you could comfortably, like, I could comfortably have read chapter nine and then two and then four and not have had any issues understanding really the overall flow of the story or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as you say, there's, there's a little bit of overlap um, just with, uh, I know in the first few chapters, there's a bit of an overlap between one of the stories and a couple of the characters. Yeah. So sort of, as, as, as you were saying in the first chapter, um, towards the end, a girl's being sexually assaulted. But then in the third chapter, we find out the teacher discovers it because another student told him about it because they witnessed it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you sort of have that bit of overlap. And then a bit later on, there's a thing where um, a couple of the students, uh, Takana Yagi's already helped, come to him and say, oh, our friend's not been turning up for a few days. We think there's something wrong. Can you look into it? Blah, blah, blah. And that's when you sort of get into that kid's story uh, though that's sort of about where you guys will have stopped reading because that was chapter 10 yeah that was the last one at least the last one i read and i know that's the i'm assuming the start of either an arc or a two-part or some such which was uh, the first that, instance of that yeah that yeah. that's unfortunately only a two-parter i say i say unfortunately it's it's not that unfortunate i suppose but no um, it's a it's a strange take uh considering it's so episodic before to leave a volume on a cliffhanger like that, but uh, that's not really a cliffhanger. It just sort of picks up in the middle of a story. Well, the the big thing that bothers me a bit about it, having read a little bit more, so obviously you've sort of said how you've got Takanayagi, this ethics teacher, he's sort of your mm-hmm. main character, and then yes. you've got all these not even side characters, really. You have the student of the chapter, effectively, and then they're mostly pushed to the side for the rest of the story. Mm-hmm. You say they, they have a little bit of background here and there, and I think there's one or two chapters, maybe a bit later on, where they all sort of appear again and bits go on. But um, the the end of volume two, you get you as you say, you get this not necessarily a cliffhanger, but this new character's introduced. It's like, oh my god, it's it's uh, Judah, I think he's called. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then you think, oh man, this is going to be this really cool new character. And then he's in the next chapter and that's it. Hmm. I must admit, like as a cliffhanger slash kind of a stinger to pull people into the next one as well, it seems a bit weird that it, to me that it ended on, oh my God, it's this person who has never been mentioned before up until now, has never appeared up until now. It's just some guy that some people are afraid of. Yeah, that, That's a thing which has always annoyed me in not just manga, but in everything um when we're sort of made to feel like there's a huge backstory and a huge legacy going on writers have this habit of just dropping random character in and say oh my god it's send your big power level what are we ever gonna do and you're as the as the ones going uh yeah is that bad that's bad that's bad yeah, it's probably the, char- bad. the characters are reacting bad, so it must be bad yeah and it's a little annoying because it's kind of a shortcut to actual character development yeah. Um, when the reality is you should spend some time establishing a character and then building them up so you don't need to be told that they are senior big power level they are actually 
just senor and they ha happen to have a big power level it it's it's lazy but with a episodic format like this i do see why they do it so i have yeah i feel like it makes a lot of sense in this particular manga because as as I say that's sort of his introduction and it's a bit of a tease to get you to get the next volume yeah um and then you do get all the characterization and the backstory pretty much straight away in the next chapter uh, just as I say, the unfortunate part with this character in particular is that's all he's appeared in at this point in time. Yeah, that's, uh, that issue is not unique to this series either. That happens everywhere, in every manga pretty much. Any manga that wants you to care about it, about um, new characters just suddenly appearing and wanting you to know there's no real reason why, but you should feel bad for this guy or you should be afraid of him or whatever. There, uh, I do have issues with the way this this manga is actually written, like the actual story structure. While I do find the story compelling, I do have issues with how that story is told, because it does this kind of annoying thing where it kind of speeds up as a as a chapter goes on. So you'll start a chapter and be like, okay, what's happening this chapter? Oh, it's this character, and he's got this issue, and he interacts with these other characters to resolve this issue in this environment. And then you're like, oh, okay. And then you don't really need to read the rest of it unless you're actually interested in the ethics of it. Because there's no more plot after that. It's just, this is a thing. Okay, cool. Now, I'm gonna, now let us discuss ethics. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a sense of going through the motions a lot of the time. Like I know uh, when I was doing my second like skim through to write notes and all that, I was just skipping so many pages because so many pages are just kind of a text dump of ethics and all of that, which once you've read once, like, sure. It, it's actually interesting stuff. Um, it's like never something I'd want to devote a career to, but that's pretty much what they <laughs> say in the first chapter. It's like, this yeah. is not helpful information. <laughs> This is just information which you might find interesting. As I, yeah, can't really argue with that assessment. I do like how that's his opening. It's like yeah. this. This is just not useful to you in any way at getting a job. Like, yeah, you know what? The, the first couple of chapters all open up with that kind of discussion to the class of like, this is not going to get you a job. This is not going to get you like a girlfriend or a boyfriend. This isn't really going to help you a lot in life per se. This will be more helpful when you're asking the big questions or when you're nearing the end of your life and facing down the repo, as it were. Yeah, that opening, that is actually one of the things I was going to praise this manga about in terms of story building and story structure, because that one opening is used like three, maybe four times Yes, uh, from the perspectives of different characters. So by doing that, they actually, without telling you, without having an obnoxious caption that says day one, time 12 o'clock or whatever, they show you that way that this is all taking place in the same day and you are now focusing on a different character's perspective. That was actually pretty clever. And so I wanted to, so while I don't like the way that the story is generally written, I wanted to commend that one particular point because, yeah, that was pretty well done by the, by the writer. Yep. Um, just sort of talking about the writing in general as well. Um, I've got a couple of notes here, just sort of from the end of volume uh, bits. So um, if you, for whatever reason, never bought a manga in your life or mm -hmm. never read any, uh, when you buy the volumed versions, um, 
at the end you normally get a couple of pages which are just have like some really rough sketches from the author and some which like they'll, they'll either be like little amaki like short comics which is completely unrelated to the actual story or it'll be something where the author's just done some quick sketches and it's just giving you a bit yeah. of like oh thanks it'll... for buying my manga here's some information kind of thing yeah typically it's like either like a four coma so kind of like a four panel gag style thing or it'll be like weird anthropomorphizations of the mangaka and their editor usually yeah. arguing over something. My favorite uh, one of these has been from the Helsing manga, if you've ever read that. And if you haven't, you should just read the Omake sections because they are goddamn <laughs> hilarious. But um, so at the uh, in, in these little few pages at the end of these volumes, the author talks about why they made this manga. And mm -hmm. basically it was just... Um, I'm, I'm assuming their editor they didn't say who specifically, but someone said, oh, you should make a manga to do with teachers. And apparently uh, the author was just like, I'm going to do it on ethics. And they pretty much decided that straight away. Hmm. And they sort of learned ethics at the same time as they were drawing it. Yeah. But then uh, apparently not long after they started, they hadn't actually committed suicide. And they found some ethics textbooks their aunt had left behind, which was just like packed, filled with notes. And apparently they make use of that a lot just to make the manga. Hmm. Okay. Which, which is, I thought, quite... I, I don't want to say cool because that's a very kind of... Yeah. That's a dark way of looking at it. That, yeah, yeah. but it's, it's like a really in, interesting, shall we say. Yeah. Um, even it is nice in a way that something actually pretty good has come out of something that is not pretty good. It is... It's such a strange one for me to read this whole thing because I'm very torn about it. It is very, it is a very compelling title. It's a very, it's a, it's a very in-depth way of looking at a topic that they clearly have great admiration for, even if they were learning it at the same time. And it's such a, it's got such a strong opening that you can't help but notice that you can't help but notice it from that point on. It is clearly something that they have reverence for. And that is respectable that somebody wants to write something that they, you know, they love, even if it doesn't necessarily come out as the most exciting topic in the world. Well, I mean, so just just looking through my list of what each chapter goes through here, uh, obviously they do hit a lot of different topics here. Mm -hmm. and it's, yes. it's actually quite amazing how many different things they do get through i suppose sort of as, as you were saying earlier mike almost like that checklist type effect yeah uh just happening but um just another note i've got here is actually related to um chapter nine uh which is where there's a girl in the class who's sort of obsessed with they they say social media but mm. it's pretty clearly twitter i think they actually yeah. do mention at least in the translation we're using i'm pretty sure they actually say the word twitter um, yes I, they might do and i might just be forgetting that but yeah. I, I always just remember takinagi saying social social media, media yeah but um but yeah, i mean he it's, does it's but twitter. you could make it the fair argument that he probably isn't versed in that yes yeah, true like, as the youth of today as it were <laughs> what are you um... saying that twitter is <laughs> not the most ethical place in the world no, I'm, I'm saying it skews to a younger demographic is what i'm saying <laughs> So, so the idea of that chapter is there's a girl who posts pictures of like her legs, her cleavage, stuff like that on Twitter to gain attention. 
because she she enjoys the intention the attention she gets from that people liking it and retweeting that picture and whatnot to the extent she is obsessed with it and then sort of the ethics topic of that chapter is around uh, personas mm-hmm. sort of sort of like masks you wear in your different um different lives as a person i suppose yeah so like uh, the, the the student i, I do have the, something to say about that but carry on okay yeah so just that sort of thing but apparently uh for that chapter in particular uh the author went and got help from a college professor so they went to an ethics college professor and was like hey i'm i'm doing this can you just give me some information, just learned a whole bunch of stuff and got a load of advice about it and stuff. So it, it does feel like they're putting in a lot of effort for this yeah. manga in particular. It does feel like the story surrounding the manga is just as, if not more, interesting than the manga itself. Mm. They, they clearly have a <laughs> thing to say and are figuring out how to say it as they go, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. The thing I was going to mention about Personas is when I was reading that particular chapter, um, not so much the social media stuff, because I don't consider myself to be a social media addict, but then again, at the moment, who isn't? Um, It was the stuff about Personas that really did get me, because I've lived this very much so growing up, and I I never knew it was called Personas as such, but uh, I very much lived this idea growing up, because... Growing up, I'm a bit of a crude person at times. I have a crude sense of humor. I swear like a docker, and I I'm I'm pretty gross in general. If we uh, like a what <laughs> a docker a docker yeah swear, swear like a docker. You never heard that term? Swear wow. like a sailor. A sailor's another one. Yes, but regardless, I so but however, I was actually raised. Christian and I was Christian and technically I guess I still am Christian though I haven't been to church for god knows how long literally and I so I know full well that the person I am there is so very different to the person I am everywhere else and the strangest thing is when you do change your mask as they call it you don't you don't feel that happening you just feel yourself taking off one mask and putting on another. And all of a sudden, my brain doesn't want to swear. It doesn't want to make crude jokes. And if it does make a crude joke, it's only a lightly crude one that makes everyone go, hoo-hoo, that was a very naughty thing to say in the house of God. And like, aha, yes, yes, very funny. And then all of a sudden, you're this person who has to socialize and be this, this, this butterfly amongst these people that you really don't care about six out of seven days a week. And so it's just very strange that they... It's a very strange feeling for them to be able to put a put a word to it, put a name on that, because it is real. And I'm sure anyone listening to this has also got a similar experience, maybe not with religion as such, but a similar experience where they notice that in certain situations they have to change that mask. And so I think even though it is aimed at social media, I do think it's applicable to basically anyone who reads this, which is... Very, very clever. Well, they they do sort of say, obviously, you've got all these different masks, these different personas, that they're just using social media in this particular instance because that's the topic at hand in the chapter. Yeah. But obviously, you just say, oh, you might have like the, the persona of being a daughter when you're at home, or later on in life, you might have housewife or office worker or whatever. Mm. Um, 
but that social media is just one of them. So, sort of, as you say, like obviously, social media is the main focus of that chapter, but the idea is it works for anyone for anything, pretty much. Sort of, as you yeah. say, you like even myself, similar to you, I know when I'm back home, I behave very differently compared to when I'm uh, not at home. Yeah. Like when I'm out with friends or whatever, I'm I'm a bit more outgoing, outspoken. Not necessarily massively so, but I tend to be quite quiet when I'm at home. Yeah, just because I've I've got two older brothers, they tend to be a bit louder. It's just I'm just used to not speaking up that much. Hmm. A lot of these chapters do touch on a topic which is more than likely, even in the short period of time I've read it from the first two volumes. It casts such a wide net that it is definitely touched on a subject which you as the reader can identify with. And not always in the best of ways, in so much as the topic they touch on is quite sensitive, hence the, um, hence the warning at the uh, top of this episode. Yeah, and I will say there's no, like, there's no overlap in themes either, which I thought was kind of hmm. pretty interesting. Well, that like it's... Over the ten chapters, it covers ten different things. It's not just ah, this is um, this is abuse again, but in a different shade, as it were. Yeah, it always well, managed to I've, cover something different. I've got uh, just very short notes for each chapter. Do you want me to just run down the different topics? Uh, sure, got? go for it. Uh, so in chapter one, it's um, a girl who was rather promiscuous who, after trying to seduce the teacher, is told, no, no, I, I prefer people with class. <laughs> that is actually and incredible. His exact words, yeah. yes. Uh, he, he, there is a bit more around it, but that's essentially the gist of it. Mm -hmm. um, and she bets herself to the extent that the... Um, Delinquents. The, 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 the people she was uh, hanging out with and giving that kind of attention to start to get annoyed at her and attempt to rape her, um, which is obviously stopped by the teacher. Uh, chapter two is about a girl who attempts to commit suicide because her month-old boyfriend basically date-rapes her. Well, maybe not date-rapes her, but he, he takes her to a mixer and it's heavily implied uh, sex was had non-consensually at the very least. Yeah, but uh, she's and, not even the focal character. Yeah, so character. she's not even the focal character that one. The focal character that episode is actually someone who thinks they're smarter than everyone else, basically. They've they've read loads of books, so they know they know loads of things and they think everyone's she she even thinks like the the teacher Taki and Aggie's looking down on students because clearly he knows everything and he's just fortunate enough to have been born beforehand and read all the books first, kind of thing. Yeah. And he's like, no, no, that's just your perspective on things because you're you kind of thing. Mm. And obviously that, then that ties into the other girl's part where it's like, no, but you can't commit suicide. You're like 17, I think. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, uh, they're college students. They're, they're high school students. Generic in, high school they're, student age. They're, they're high school students, but they're in their final year is the thing. So they'll be like 17, 18. Yeah. Young adults. Yes. Very young. Uh, chapter three is about a boy who wants to become a good teacher because he's never had a good teacher and he was always bullied and all the teachers were always like, oh no, it's you, you clearly did something to upset them kind of thing. Um, and then 
he sees Taki Nagi and he's like, oh, this guy's a great teacher until he finds out he smokes. And then he's like, well, good people don't smoke. But then uh, he witnesses the uh, sexual sh- assault from chapter one and informs Taki Nagi, who rushes to go stop it, obviously, yeah. and decides that actually, oh, maybe there's a bit more to just being good or bad. Maybe there are these shades of grey. Yeah. Uh, chapter four is about how a girl hits another girl with a chair because the uh, her bag was emptied out onto the floor and they were mocking her over a stuffed rabbit she had in her bag, which you find out she can hear the voice of and is in a relationship with. Yeah, that one I wasn't expecting quite that, so That much. did come out of left field a bit, didn't it? Yeah, I thought that they were going to go with like a photo of a dead grandparent or parent or something like that. I didn't think they would actually go straight to objectophilia, but they did. They went there hard. <laughs> <Just> like, all <laughs> right. <laughs> there is just one part I love in that chapter in particular, which is just when you've got um, the girl and Taki and Aggie sort of talking about it. And the girl goes, oh, I, I looked it up online and it's called uh, Object Sexual, mm-hmm. I think. Yes. yes. I think that's yes, what it's called. called. Yeah. And Saki like, huh, I'll have to look that up later. It's like, <laughs> it's like oh no, have we just like, awakened uh, something? <laughs> but that that was actually a really, the, I will say the one thing I actually really liked about that chapter is the fact that Taki he doesn't dismiss her or anything he doesn't he doesn't put her down or anything he's like oh well you you can hear this person's voice that's kind of amazing like you know i've never met anyone that's like that i i'm not like that and actually the fact you believe you can hear this person's voice and it is real to you is makes it real that is one notable thing about the the main character taki nagi he never talks down to anyone his attitude and his demeanor and his um assumed tone of voice does seem that he would do that naturally but he never tries to he boils everything down to its base core components and then uses that to carefully construct his speech and his arguments to every single person he meets that can seem like you're looking down on someone but especially in the case of the objectophilia case it very clearly comes through as a genuine regard for other people, even though it's would assume you'd assume that there isn't any, and it's just a very strong character because of that. Well, something we do actually learn uh, in volume two is we get a little bit more almost background information on Taki and Aggie. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, is sort of we learn that actually. He's only really interested in students that have some sort of problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he, he only he's only interested in people that are troubled, basically. So actually, um, it, you sort of find out he's, this is because he wants to try and help them. He wants to try and help all his students. So if they're not troubled, there's nothing for him to help with, kind of. Yeah, yeah, it almost kind of makes it come across like he's got some kind of 
I don't want to say this in a negative way, because again, I never think that he's a bad character per se, but he seems to have like a messiah complex of some kind. There. Yeah, he's a little narcissistic. Like, he, he, it does seem like he's, I will be the solution. Yes. And he even justifies it to himself in one scene with a di discussion uh, with, a, with a tutor, with a mentor type character yeah. about how you can't, you can you can't hug you can't hug everyone, but you definitely can't choose who to and who not to hug when it comes to giving emotional comfort. The problem isn't that you're necessarily doing it or not doing it. The problem is both. So you need to find a way to help everybody or nobody. Yeah, and which is a thing comes that comes up, up as yeah. well when he's talking about. There's the student who asks about what good teacher, and yeah. Yeah. that's kind of thing. Like a truly good person will help everyone regardless of whether they like them or think they're a bad person hmm. yeah well just sort of um around that helping everyone or no one bit i feel as well part of that discussion was around the fact that in in fact this his his professor um yes. the one he's talking to in this flashback hmm. is sort of saying it it you can i think they give the example if you give a man a starving man five dollars to go get them food that fixes it for a day but then tomorrow they're still starving and actually the same is true of if you hug someone for that emotional support it helps yes. them in that moment but it doesn't solve the root cause that's causing that emotional problem so actually should you hug them or should you be trying something else to fix the problem and, yeah. and that's sort of what they're getting at there as well. I think rather than necessarily just help everyone or help no one, it's it's sort of help people, but help the root problem. Don't help the symptoms. Yeah, yeah. which really comes to the fore in one of the uh, later chapters. But we'll we'll get to that in a minute. Well, I, I think that is in fact that chapter. Is it? Mm. No, I'm. It's I'm on about chapter seven. Yeah, it's, it's that one. I thought we were still like on chapter four or five. Sorry. Uh, sorry. Yeah, well, we we're did, I did interrupt. With our, we're skipping <laughs> about with our discussion. Right, yes. I, I interrupted <laughs> the list. So please continue. Uh, so sorry. So yeah, so chapter four was the object philia. Mm -hmm. Object file. Objectophilia. Object sexual, object, to use object the sexual. term that was in the chapter. Yes. Uh, chapter five was about a boy that's always sleeping in class, and you sort of find out that's just because. He is going out late at night and therefore is just really tired. And mm. he just generally doesn't care about the class at that point in time. Yeah. So Takinagi has this brilliant idea of, well, ring me when you're about to go out and then we'll just watch a film instead. So they watch like uh, Singing in Singing the Rain. In the rain. Yeah, that entire, that entire chapter borderlines on kind of creepy. Uh, it is a bit, yeah. Yeah, I, I wasn't super okay with that one. I feel like that's one that, considering the characters spend so much time not stepping over the line in that in that chapter, he I feel like he does, and that's not okay. Well, I will well, I say it's not like he phones the student up. He just essentially gives the student his phone number and says, "If you want to." Yeah, but that's also not okay. Exemplified by another chapter, which I believe you're about to mention. <laughs> Well, one thing I will say specifically about that is even the student he gives the number to is just kind of like, actually, is this all right? Is he supposed to do this? This yeah. is a bit weird. Uh, addressing it doesn't make it better. It just means it, you address it. Doesn't, it doesn't, but I'm just saying, like, 
you, obviously it is a weird thing to do, but the student in question is cognizant of that. They're very much like, hang on, a teacher's actually allowed to give students their numbers. Yeah, yeah. Like or, they're, yeah. they're not being taken in by it. They're aware of what yeah. it's... Yeah. Yeah. But um, that's what that one's about. Uh, and it, I think sort of the thing was they sort of say, oh, the problem is because you've got too much to do, so you sort of just don't do anything kind mm. of thing. Like too much freedom or something. Too, too much freedom. Yes. Yeah, causes anxiety. Uh, and that was the final chapter of Volume 1. Uh, so then on to Chapter 6 was about a girl that likes to humiliate people. And so in this particular chapter, they... Uh, you find out they've sort of been seducing the physics teacher um, and they think that they're in love with her and they, they go to Takinagi like, oh, what do you think about a relationship between a teacher and a student kind of thing? And Takinagi's just kind of like, well, you know, kind of illegal. It's a little immoral. Probably shouldn't. But actually, fuck it. If, if you can keep it quiet and you're actually genuinely in love with each other, who cares kind of thing um but obviously he sort of finds out that uh she's recording it uh recording what's going on and was planning to sort of go to the principal and be like oh look the physics teacher tried to sexually assault me kind of thing just to see his reaction hmm. um is so that sort of around that sort of kind of person i guess I would say that's probably got the weakest resolution of all of the early chapters as well. Yeah, like it doesn't. It doesn't have a resolution. Is yeah, she just like, storms off, and that's the end. Yeah, I think like the resolution much. is. Oh, by the way, you are beautiful, whether you think so or not. And it's like, was that what this was about? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So you sort of find Takinai's like, oh, clearly the reason you're doing this is because your sister's like a model, and you didn't get enough love as a kid. And he's basically like, no, no, you are beautiful. People love you. You don't need to be like this kind of thing. Not in those exact words, of course, but that, that's sort of that one. I will say this is also the chapter where I really kind of like started to notice that Takayanagi is pretty much the only adult who is ever portrayed as like being kind of competent or that's having true. like a mature sensibility or anything. Like all of the um, other adults, including the physics teacher, kind of, <laughs> I don't want to say bumbling, but. Like they're never presented as. This is kind models. of. This is kind of. I mean, it's not a perfect example. It's kind of an example of the unreliable narrator, uh, where the unreliable narrator, for those who don't know, is a person telling a story from their point of view. Therefore, they are the best character in that story. You don't know if you should believe them because it's all completely biased based on them. This story is so focused on Takiyagi and his interactions with people and his knowledge saving the day every single time. It kind of makes sense that all the other adults and most of the children around him are just kind of bumbling idiots by comparison because we're seeing yeah. this from his point of view. So it kind of makes sense they're written that way. But also it's quite annoying to see to wonder, is there a single competent human around this man? Yeah, I mean, literally, like, in my notes, the only person I ever write the name of is Taki and Aggie. Like, mm. everyone else, I just say, it's the Chapter 7 kid. Oh, it's yeah, I, I didn't get any of the names of any other character. <laughs> I, I will say, I actually have all the kids' names written on my notes for the chapters. 
The fact that you have to write it in your notes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I didn't think it was going to come up, but I do have the names just in case. Um, yeah, like I, I can tell you what most of the chapter's afflictions were rather yeah. than what the characters' names were. Yes. Or even what they look like, really. Yeah, they're that, defined by their themes and their trauma more which, than their personality, so to speak. I mean, that could change later. We did only read the first volumes. But that doesn't set a great precedent when the side characters are just not interesting. I mean, you say we only read that. I mean, in the first chapter, there's like um, a shot of the entire classroom. And it's a nice little like bit of like essentially looking forward to what's to come because you can, when I was going back, I'm like, oh, right, yeah, we've learned about all of these characters. But there's only about 15 or so students on that page. Mm. And we've already covered 10 in yeah, yeah. That's pretty much spot on to be fair because um to to skip way ahead yeah um uh so there are currently 20 chapters out i was gonna say i wanted to know what happens after he runs out of students as it were. well so basically i wouldn't say he runs out of students but um <laughs> chapter 19 is the graduation chapter so that oh. has graduated. Oh, okay and then chapter oh, so 20 is like the first chapter of the new class i was going to make a joke about how he clearly has them all round up and shot for ethical reasons and then just gets in <laughs> wow. 20 oh, new damn. students but apparently that's kind of what happens <laughs> like oh we're done with these ones move on i mean in one sense it's nice to see time actually pass in one of these series rather True. than just being stuck with the same yeah. people forever in the other hand the, they really don't get to do much if they've only got like a chapter or maybe two each yeah, there's yeah. actually the only side character that appears in multiple stories is the one we meet in the first chapter. Yes. And even then, they're not really a present force. They're just sort of there. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, that is largely the case. I will say, obviously, some of the girls you have dotted in the background in various chapters where they're just like, oh, let's go talk to Taki and Nagi about this thing he was talking about in class mm -hmm. kind of thing. Yes. In, as like people are moving about the hallway and things are going off, but um, in volume three in particular, I think it is you do have a bit more. Uh, it does sort of go back to all the characters a little bit more, not necessarily focusing on them individually, but there's a chapter or two where um, it focuses on the class as a whole a bit, and you sort of see all these faces you've already seen, and they're all sort of interacting together. Okay, um, but it it is something we sort of mentioned at the start. It is very sort of episodic, and each chapter is a different student as the focus. Or again, we we said it as well. It's not so much the student; it's the problem that student has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it would be interesting to see where they take this if it does get three hundred chapters. Oh. Last week, last time, we talked about something which literally reiterated the same plot line over and over and over. And apparently, that's been going for hundreds of issues. So, I don't know if they could do what they're doing here for that long. Like, eventually, even if they chop and change the students every single time, eventually, you're just gonna run out, surely. <laughs> Well, this does only serialize, um, I believe it's once every other month, I believe is how often it's this comes about out. about that, I think, yeah. Right. It's kind of a 
real time thing then, isn't it? Which is a bit weird. Even though of. the first few chapters does take clearly take place like within the same couple of days. Beyond well, that, the first the first chapter opens with the first um, sexual scene, mm-hmm. and then just cuts yeah. forward a year. Yes, yes, it for does. For some reason, it's it's just sort of setting up that initial interaction between um, the girl and Taki and Aggie, basically. I get that, but it, it's weird that it's then a year. Like you could just as easily have had it be the next day. True, um, you could, but I, I hmm. I suppose it's a bit more. I don't, I don't know what I'm looking for. It's not character building as such, but it's it's around the idea that she's sort of been thinking about this first interaction when she joins the class for right, okay, around it, a year kind of set thing. up like, as her motivation for being here. Yeah, when it's very clear when she first gets here, she's only interested in one thing, and it's not ethics. Uh, mm. <laughs> Or is it ethics with two C's? <laughs> ethics. I must admit, I did also like slightly roll my eyes when it's like, ah, starting a new manga, ah, two pages in, and there's nudity. There is I nudity. Got it. I see bad. how they're selling this. No. Well, this is the thing. This is why I was like, I'm, I'm going to suggest this one. I hope you read more than like two or three chapters when you first start. Yeah. Because, this is, yeah. This, this has got, um, what I like to call Gungrave syndrome, where if you just watch the first, if you, I'm talking about the anime of Gungrave here, you just watch the first episode, you will think it's the shittest anime ever because it's just like, okay, ready, set, go, we're doing this now. Wait, what? And you don't have, you have to actually watch two or three for it to get into yeah. it and get good. That's very much the same with this. If yeah. you get past the 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 truck that hits you of this first couple of uh couple of chapters this is this is a pretty good one at yeah. the moment i was just going to use i was going to use the more modern example there like not that gungrave isn't you know oh, yeah. i'm an old man it's, it's fine uh madoka magica is probably the most modern prevalent example of that where it's three episodes of very nice happy fluffy timed spoilers by the way if you've not seen madoka it's three episodes of fluff and then at the end of episode 3 you have the cliffhanger which hits hard and, and the show kind of reveals what it really is. Yeah, there's a there's a couple out there. You could do examples of that. And this this very much takes a bit of time to get into it because you have to let your mind sort of reset and go, oh, this is what we're doing. Cool. Right, now I'm into it. I will and- say that one of the big things for me is around the fact that, sure, you've got that initial start in these first few chapters where it is like that, um, truck of oh, it's sexual assault kind of thing, but actually, it it does that in the context of this ethics it's trying yeah. to teach. Everything so it's is done not like so that. much that it's not the main focus of those chats in some ways, yeah. which I feel it like is always brought back to the interaction between Taki and Aggie and his student and how yeah. that relates to the ethics he's trying to teach in that but- chapter. We just we have to acknowledge, of course, that it's the very fact that this exists on a page in front of you is a gut punch to some people. Like the fact that this is even being talked about and even exists does affect people. And that's the hurdle you need to get over if you're interested in reading this, because it is about the ethics of the situation, not the situation itself. 
And that is going to be tough for some people just because the mere presence of it is going to be affecting them. And that's okay. <laughs> like, you don't need to shut your brain off to emotion like the main character seems to. But it can be difficult to get into because of it. Yeah. Uh, as, as I well, say, I mean, if, if we're going to talk about emotion, then we probably like that ties neatly into the next chapter, which I think mm -hmm. Phil's going to cover, which is That's probably the short, yeah. most noteworthy chapter, I'd say, of the 10 that we read. Well, yeah. So, chapter 7 is probably where we get a lot of background information on Takianaki. You, you sort of get little bits here and there, but obviously you find out he smoked and you find out he started smoking just because he wanted to talk to a teacher. That's sort of like a bit of a, almost a throwaway line in that chapter. Yeah. Um, whereas chapter seven, um, it's about a kid who was, it's sort of implied he was abused, but it's never outright said. I think the implies, yeah, he suffers from kind of family, familial abuse and abandonment issues. Yeah, and basically he dislikes loud noises and things. Mm -hmm. um, but he likes Takinagi's class because of his voice, and he is a bit attached to Takinagi. Uh, not, not necessarily in love with, by any means, but very much likes the comfort of being near Takinagi. Yeah, um, I think it's it's kind of in like implied that he kind of sees him as like a more of a father figure, like someone who he can like familial love, as it were, as opposed to anything sexual or anything like that. Maybe, yeah. I, I can't say I ever really thought of it that way, but I could definitely see that, yeah. And and obviously the big thing around that chapter is um this kid obviously clings to Takinagi physically, so Yes. Um, and Takinagi is trying to put some distance between them because, as we mentioned earlier, it's breaking his own personal ethics of, actually, I am doing a very temporary solution to comfort this person rather than tackling the underlying issues, and yes. I'm choosing to help them rather than everyone in that sort of sense. He's making that conscious decision in some ways, so he's trying to put some distance between them, quite literally. Yeah. Um, yes. Physical. At, which, yeah. at which point, the the kid is distraught, start runs away, and Takinagi chases after him. And the which, kid says, "Well, hug me." I, I did think this was a little weird. This chapter because Takinagi is told a couple of times that he likes the sound of his soft, quiet voice, and then immediately starts like ch chasing this kid down and shouting at him. It's like, dude, come on now, like pay well, attention. <laughs> I don't think he's necessarily shouting, shouting. He uses like a shouty speech bubble. It looks like shouting. It does a bit. I, I will I will agree on that. I, I think he's definitely raised his voice a bit. I'm just yeah. sort of assuming it's not enough to trigger this. I think it's bit. more of a sterner tone is what it's implying. Yeah. But still, clearly not affecting. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think the issue is, the, the thing is as well, um, obviously the kid, initially gets distraught at this point because um Takinagi's teaching uh teaching talking with the nurse mm -hmm. who typically looks after the kid and she sort of raises her voice while talking to Takinagi not realizing the kid's there mm -hmm. which sets the kid off and that's when he sort of runs and whatnot. Yeah. Um but obviously the the kid is then distraught and says to Takinagi hug me 
like make make me feel better and Takinagi's there sort of like you you can see sort of the pain on his face being like do does he do it does he succumb and give that brief moment of comfort to the kid break his own personal ethics in doing so or does he hold out and have the kid be distraught mm. and uh he in the end he does he does break down and hugs the kid and also then, in it, like it's uh it's the kid turns to run away and then he hugs essentially from behind. So. Yeah, you like you do see there is that very serious hesitation in his mind until she's like, no, I have to actually do something. He does it. The kid then sort of says, thank you. I didn't mean to make you hurt you in that way. Takinagi's looking distraught himself now and then That's sort it. of goes off feeling better about himself. And then Takinagi's obviously sort of not necessarily throwing up, or you just sort of. Yeah, I like, really. Wait, what? Uh, and when no, I read the, it, I thought he ran away after he hugged him. And... No, the, the kid, the kid, no, the kid did. The kid's like, I'm feeling better essentially because I. No, I didn't. Him. I didn't see that, and at least when I read it, I just saw that he hugged him, and then the kid just ran away crying. Well, there, there is any. whether or not you remember it. There is a scene <laughs> where he like crouches over and like clutches his chest and. It's one of those weird moments in manga because, of course, it's black and white. And so they have to do the dark colors black and the light colors are white or gray. And so it genuinely looks like someone just shot this man. Yes. <laughs> it looks like he's bleeding because of where he's gripping his, uh, gripping his jumper, his sweater vest. And it's yeah. just... It's just I was, for a moment, I was, I was shell-shocked. I'm like, wait, what? The kid turned around and shoot him? What the fuck? <laughs> it's like, that's a bit of an extreme reaction, isn't it? He just like, that up. wasn't very ethical, teacher. <laughs> yeah. Now all ethics are off. <laughs> it's like, fucking hell. But no, he turns out he wasn't shot. He was just being a drama queen about yeah. having a heart attack because he changed his ethical code for a second. It, it wasn't so much he changed it, it was that he broke his own ethical code. He was like, sure. shit, I, he's like, I fucked up, I shouldn't have done that. And that to him is like a really big deal. Fucking drama queen. <laughs> my, my only problem is that was basically the only payoff to that. Yeah. It never really yeah. sort of comes up again. Yeah, it just kind of moves on to the next chapter. It's never addressed, at least in what we read. I, I will say it's never addressed again. In, in Who would have thought... Out that humans are capable of changing their own ethical code. <laughs> Who'd have thought? Ugh. Well, this brings us on to chapter 8 then, mm-hmm. which is a boy believes he is completely ordinary. Bog standard as it gets. So he steps out in front of a truck. Yeah, that's a weird one as well. Stand out. Yeah, he's not suicidal by his own mission, he's not suicidal, he's not depressed in any way, like, he doesn't want to die, he just wants people to notice him, and then when he's laying on the floor after being hit by a truck, people are taking pictures of him, he's like, yes, this is what I wanted, and it's just, alright, do people suffer from this? Am I just really ignorant of people suffering of the world? I don't think it was so much that it was like, yes, this is what I want to do, it was like, oh, they're taking pictures and videos, actually, if I was in their shoes, I would probably be doing the same, Yeah. He's sort of saying, that's fucking weird. How can people think that's normal, even though that is the normal reaction, I suppose. I guess I, don't, I can't either. say it necessarily is, but I, I can believe it is. It's sort of, sort of that bystander effect, I suppose, in yeah, a way. Yeah. But yeah, um, like Everyone thinks everyone else is going to do something, yeah. Yeah. But um, 
and, and to an extent he doesn't the, the way he phrases his actions it wasn't so much he was stepping out in front of the truck it was the fact he was stepping out a second earlier than everyone else because he wanted to stand out he wanted to go that one second earlier yeah and i guess there just happened to be a truck there that he got hit by hmm. it's, it's it's a little ambiguous about that and i i honestly i may call me dumb if you want i didn't get that chapter i was like what's the what's the focus here a kid is worried that he's ordinary is that it yeah I it's, guess... yeah it's the lament of the ordinary essentially I, this chapter. I, I guess i i get that but it's like oh okay considering the massive topics you're tackling either side of this chapter it's like okay that one's just a bit well i think off, it is also I... nice to have one a bit in this bit, bit. i don't want to say grounded because these are all like very real issues but it's an issue that isn't like bombastic <laughs> or huge a an issue which is ironically more ordinary yeah also, but the yeah. one that would still i imagine affect like i imagine there are a lot of students and like children all across schools not even like, students right yeah, people, just people in, general. in general who are like like just feel like one of a crowd just a number just yeah. a sheep yeah yeah i guess so what happens after uh, so then we're on to chapter nine, which we've discussed a bit already, which is about the girl who's obsessed with Twitter. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was all about the personas and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. I did check afterwards to see if that chapter came out any time around the release of a certain video game, but no, no, it didn't. So, okay. <laughs> what, you were thinking they were just... Oh, uh... Persona's invented Persona. Don't you? Uh, right. Persona invented Personas. I, I was legitimately <laughs> trying to think what video game you were talking about then. The video game so... called Persona. I was like, uh, you, you think they were, they were piggybacking off of the popularity of the word? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I've heard of worse marketing <laughs> strategies. But no, yeah, they're years apart. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then finally we're on to chapter 10, which is the end of volume 2, which is um, a boy is missing school. Uh, a couple of his friends who we've met in earlier chapters talk to Taki and Aggie about it, which is the last we see of him. Mm -hmm. um, and you, then you sort of shift to read from the uh, missing kid's perspective, which generally all these chapters are from the student's perspective. Mm. So it's not that unusual, but it's unusual in that this isn't happening at school, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, um, this is the, um, kind of the first chapter which really goes without Taki and Aggie as a focal yeah, point. As, as I say, he's sort of there in the sense that the chapter opens in at the end of an ethics class and a couple of uh, students we've already met before are like, hey, our friends not come to school for a few days, we're really worried, and the other teachers are kind of useless. Yeah, I would uh, say, even though I don't like the chapter, I, I just, just didn't really uh, gel well with me. It didn't, it didn't set my bells ringing, as it were. But uh, I, I did actually think that the way it was written, at least, it kind of shows that this story can continue without Takinagi as long as they stay on topic of ethics. Like, it still works, because you can explain, explain and explore those things without having a person literally exposition dumping <laughs> an entire ethics course to you. So I thought that was interesting. And it's because of that that I would be interested to see where this story goes, not because of the actual story they're presenting. I, I will say you'll be a bit disappointed with chapter 11. <laughs> it, it makes up for the lack of uh, ethics. Oh my god, spoilers. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it's like, oh, we've had a chapter without ethics. Whoa, wow. <laughs> well, um, you, can, you can discuss ethics without literally dumping ethics. Yes. And I yeah. think they do that fairly well, because they do briefly show the struggle of 
kid knows he should be at school, but is instead being take essentially taken in by gangs and drugs. And they show ethics rather than telling ethics, which is it's good. It's clever. Well, so yeah, because the, the the big thing obviously with this chapter is that kid has sort of gotten involved with his brother who was buying drugs and doing drugs, obviously. Um, it's implied the kid himself didn't necessarily do drugs, though maybe drank some alcohol. And... Yeah, it's it's more about he just wants to have the approval of his older brother. Yeah, kind of. those things. But it's all like, so the, the brother's like, oh, he gets introduced, he sort of goes up to uh, the kid and is like, uh, here's this box of cigarettes, I need you to go to this place and give it to my friend and he'll give you, like, a true a tube of Pringles or something, hmm. kind of thing, and then you know that's sort of, you know that's all you really see. Obviously, we as readers can sort of infer that information. Hmm. That oh, like there's something very off about it, yeah. Um, but then towards the end of the chapter or the middle of the chapter, um, it the kid himself sort of explicitly says, like, "I'm not an idiot. I know what's going on." You sort of see him looking down at an at the open tube and drugs yeah yeah and and it's sort of like he's just there he he clearly doesn't care that he's involved in this Hmm. and he's he's more interested in the fact that actually the life he has there is a lot more interesting than going to school and doing whatever yeah um it's a thing that is briefly covered in a previous chapter as well about kid falling asleep in class it's because they don't find their life in school interesting. And that's the reason they're more delinquent and they sleep in class or they don't care about showing up. Mm. And it does go some way to humanize these characters because I think everybody, at least everyone who our age has at some point in their life been in school and would rather they, they be anywhere else. Like, I know I've had a few classes over the years that I'll just be like, you know what, I, I'm here because I have to be, not because this is interesting. And they're, they're living I, it right now, one might say. Yeah, I mean, I, I've actually straight up said that to a teacher at one point <laughs> at <laughs> university. How did they react to that? Uh, they they just kind of, which like, I, uh, all right. <laughs> well, well so it, was, it was one of these classes we were forced to take. Hmm. Uh, it, was, it was a mandatory module. Yeah, and sort of me and my friends were just sort of sat at the back of the lecture and were just sort of. I, th- I think I was reading web comics on Minecraft on my laptop, or and they were playing a game or something. Oh. What we didn't realize was there's a teacher sat behind us. So at the <laughs> end, they were like, "Oh, we want to go to the careers fair after." They're like, "Oh yeah, that that's fine and all." Um, we we usually have the the tutorial afterwards, uh, I should say. So we're like, "Can we skip that to go to the careers fair?" Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that's fine, but by the way, this other teacher was sat behind you and has some words, and they're like, oh, do you just come here for your attendance, blah, 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 and I was like, yeah. And they're like, oh. That, all right. Yeah. I mean, a bit, of, a bit of a side note here, but it must. Uh, I, I have to imagine that anyone who is a teacher is a teacher because they want to teach, and they want people to be excited about what they're teaching. So I feel so bad for all the teachers that get lumbered with the subjects that they know none of the students want to do. Like I had one, I'm not going to say the name of it because, you know, it might give something away to someone somewhere. But I had one class in my first year of undergraduate and I just didn't give a fuck. 
Like, and I don't think anyone did in the class. And you had this like broken souled teacher at the front say, basically holding a hand up to the screen saying this, see this, anyone care about this? Okay, we can go 45 minutes early. It was awful for everyone, but everyone had to be there. So I, I do kind of empathize with the characters in this manga when you've got a situation, they're just falling asleep or not showing up because they don't see this as important. And the goal of the teacher is to prove that while the words may not be important, what you take away from it might be. It's very mm. cleverly done to construct this way where you teach yourself and you get out of it what you want to get out of it as a manga. And that is one of the better points of this. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. I will say it's in one of the more recent chapters, it might even be the most recent chapter. There is sort of that kind of point central to that story in where it's like, it's sort of saying school is a micro society in itself. You need to understand how it works. So when you get when you leave school and you're thrust out into the big open world, actually you understand how society works mm. and you're not just going, Oh God, what's, what's going on? Why, why, why am I not allowed to murder people? <laughs> well, I mean, I'd go straight to murdering people if somebody had told me not to. Uh, yeah. I, like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't, don't act like you wouldn't. Obviously, the, the the chapter's a bit more nuanced than that. It is that, a little that, bit, yeah. In its whole not thing dealing with is, murder, but yes, honestly, well, I feel like the third chapter. Yeah, well, that's the thing because, like, looking at it overall, I know when I was speaking of murder, weirdly, uh, <laughs> coming like coming into an ethics thing, I'd always assumed it was going to be more kind of like thought experiment style things. So the classic of you have the train on the railway uh, lines, the trolley, yeah, yeah the trolley, yeah. Multi-track drifting. <laughs> that's why you want to take them out. Yeah, sure. deja vu, but into both of them at the same time. <laughs> but that's the thing, kind of like the trolley problem. And I was coming to this expecting like what is traditionally portrayed when you have ethics in media. So, like Good Place, for example, uses a lot of kind of thought experiments. Yes. Whereas this is a lot more kind of relating it to real life scenarios that could affect, well, do affect the characters and could have easily affect the reader. So I was kind of impressed with that, but it wasn't. It was different to what I expected coming in. That's one of the things I was going to say in closing, but I may as well drop it now since you, uh, since you mentioned the good Well, I mean, thing. we've talked for an hour. We so. have, yeah. So <laughs> I guess it's time to be wrapping up anyway. But this manga is great for you if you watched The Good Place and ignored all the funny. Because there is no comedy in this thing, but there is a lot of ethics. Hey, hey now, there was, there was that moment when he was making origami. I, I don't that, think that, that was that yeah, was that was comedy. I, I didn't get why I that was so yeah, hilarious. There, there is a big no, section where the teacher visits a student in the hospital and makes origami, and is like, "See, I'm cracking jokes." And I'm just thinking, which part of this was the joke? Like, it's like, oh, it's it's a bit of crappy origami. So be like, ha! Why yeah, are they all laughing? Yeah, I, I didn't get that at all. Like so much, so I was like, you know what? I'm just moving on with life. Yeah. I will say one last thing I did want to quickly cover. Like now, I feel we like we've discussed the story, the characters, the writing, to to death and back. But there is also a little bit in that the art style, which is yeah. kind of different compared to a lot of manga. Like it really helps. To me, I thought it kind of gave a very kind of grounded visual to this, which kind of fits in perfectly with the themes of the manga. I don't know. What did yeah. you two think of the art? 
Well, I agree with that. Um, it very much uh, takes a uh, messy style is not definitely not what I'm looking for here, but it takes a a heavier style, like a more harsh yeah. lines and darker blacks and larger areas of darkness. It's gonna say it a lot more that. shading. Yeah, this. yeah. It 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 takes a lot of those, and it really adds weight to the. I will say that it's kind of drawn like an H manga without any porn. I d didn't think of that, I must say. <laughs> That's kind of what it reminds me of, although it's not quite it's not the quite one, as bad as that. The one thing I noticed, so he has um especially at the beginning and the end of chapters, Takianagi has like a couple of very distinct poses with like the head tilt. He which sure reminded does. me a lot of kind of like shaft works like a uh, Sayonara Zetsubo Sensei. Or even the way he holds his book sometimes, and it's like, oh, it's a it's a JoJo pose. Got it. Yeah, yeah. He he does do some pretty dramatic posing. Oh, he is your standard pretty boy in your uh, in your manga, and it is implied that he is not. He's not gay. He's not straight. It's kind of implied that he's asexual in his entirety. But then again. I don't know. There's like a couple of chapters where he says that he just likes women with class. Basically, I, he did say that, but I always got the idea that that was to drive home a point more than um, maybe yeah. what he actually you, thought. You but you do find a little bit about that uh, later on. Um, nothing drastic by any means. Well, yeah, nothing I'd, drastic by my standards. I wouldn't you, expect you guys might be like, dramatic. "Whoa, I didn't expect that." Or, <laughs> oh, he's he's also If you're about to tell me he that he's a player, I will. <laughs> he has uh, suddenly blossomed into his own objectophilia and has <laughs> met a nice soft crocodile called Clarence. You know, what? I'd ship it. <laughs> you'd you'd ship him and uh, stuffed and Clarence. Clarence. Yeah. Oh, why okay. Not? Yeah, sure. Why not? You know, if he's happy, yeah. I'm happy. And if he's not happy, I'm probably still happy because I'm a sick fuck. As someone, as someone who owns a giant stuffed crocodile, I'm kind of worried now. <laughs> Is he called Clarence? I know. Oh, damn. Safe. <laughs> but sorry, yeah, I think that you, were, you were going to say something, Phil, before. Uh, was I? I, oh, okay. <laughs> I, I don't think so, but... The perils of being unscripted. Pretty much. Well, in that case, I think then, since we've covered like, the art and everything else, I believe we'll... Uh, bring this to a close by asking our traditional question. So, Mike, would you read more of this? Yeah, actually, I think I might. Um, I did find the whole thing quite, uh, quite interesting as it went through, but this is a little more my speed in terms of my, my interest and things that tickle my brain lobes. So it makes sense that I would read it. As for would other people enjoy it, I'm not crazy certain. I do think if you find this kind of thing interesting, then it is worth picking up. But would I read it? Yeah, probably. Well, it's interesting you say that, because then there's me, who didn't stuff it, stuffy, study a subject ending with ology. Sure. And yeah, to me, I found it kind of ultimately rather dull. Like, I'm someone who gets invested in interesting worlds or interesting concepts or interesting characters. And considering this entire manga is essentially the Taki and Agi story featuring yeah. ethics, I just never really latched on to anything particularly interesting. That's not to say I thought it was bad. I think it's uh, interesting conceptually and that there's certainly merit to it. I don't, it's nothing like Rent-A-Girlfriend from last week. Like, God, no. I didn't read this with disgust. I read this. I could keep reading. Like, it, I, wasn't, yeah. I wasn't 
invested, but I wasn't like, oh Christ, here we go, another chapter. I rent I read Rent a Girlfriend yesterday with in Why? anger. I Why? <laughs> no, sorry, I read it I read I read it last week as well. I meant to say oh. I read it I in anger. Say, wait, Mike. I was going to say, like, you know, that last week where you're like, I'm never reading this again. <laughs> no, I, did, I didn't I didn't. 180 my opinion. No. Is, is that sort of like just, just hazily waking up the next morning, just like chapter 100 of Rent a Girlfriend? It's like, oh, God, what have I done? <laughs> where did I go just now? Oh, <laughs> so I read that in anger. This I read in interest, but I don't know if it's long term. It's pretty much what I wanted to say. Yeah. So yeah, uh, one one of us on each side of the fence. Phil, you uh, you obviously you already read it. So would you buy it? Would you go out and purchase it if it gets licensed? Uh, depending on the price, yeah, I, I I like it. Like as someone who also has not studied something ending in ology, uh, I I will say I like philosophy topics in general. Um. So, pretty much every chapter tickled my brain a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and generally, I'd liked most of the chapters. There was a few chapters where I thought it was just a bit meh, whatever. But most chapters I tended to enjoy, if only for the info dump at the end, where it's like, oh, that's, that's really cool. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I, depending on the price, I, I could absolutely buy it. Yeah, well... Uh... Uh, let's let's hope then that Shiori Amaze's uh, from now on we begin ethics gets licensed in the future, and if it does, we'll be sure to point that out on social media and in an episode of the show. Yeah. But uh, in the meantime, that that kind of does it for this week. We're gonna wrap it up now. So before we leave, though, we should probably say where people can find us if they want more of our glorious opinions on manga and everything else. So, Mike, where where are you available on the interwebs? I am a Twitch streamer. I Twitch stream the video games. Uh, I do it fairly often, most days a week. And you can find me at twitch.tv slash berserkre, B-E-R-S-E-K-R-E-R. Brilliant. Uh, how about you, Phil? Where, where are you at online? Um, nowhere, really. But if, if you must contact me, <laughs> at Fanaxian. <laughs> If you want to see uh, one fake Grand Order tweet every couple of months, hit, hit <laughs> whoa, him whoa, up. Whoa, steady on. <laughs> and also um, the occasional snide comment to my tweets. I, yeah, I, or me. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. Uh, if you're looking to hit up my accounts, uh, my personal one on Twitter is at SlazoKing, S-L-A-Z-O-K-I-N-G. Or uh, if you want to hit up uh, this entire podcast account, then we are on Twitter, is at TrashMangaCast. And this podcast is available on all the good podcasting services. So Spotify, Apple, Google, there's probably others. Um, if, it, if it's not on one, it's not our fault for not putting it there. It's their fault for not being a good podcasting service. Pretty much, yeah. It's their fault, yeah. Yes. They just weren't ethical. They were not ethical enough. Well, it's like uh, they, they would just look at this podcast and be like, nah, we're not good enough to, to hold these masters in our we are we are not good enough to hold this golden piece of trash. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> and speaking of golden pieces of trash, oh, uh, nice. to to wrap up, Phil, give them a little taste, give them a little tease of what's to come in episode three. Well, Sean's going to get his wish of world building as we step into a whole new world, 
with our first foray into the isekai genre. Do I dare close my eyes? <laughs> yeah, so enjoy next week's, next week, next time's episode with uh, Mike and Phil. I will have uh, shot myself. <laughs> <laughs> Way ahead of you, buddy. <laughs> oh, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, if you, if you love Isekai, then stay tuned for our next episode. Until then, uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you then. Bye bye, right. everybody. Goodbye. Bye.